Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Greetings, everyone. This is Sharon Swing. I'm around the table with my dear friends, Lori Schultz. Say hi. Hi there. And Joan Kelly. Hi, everybody. And Gail Donahue. Hello. We're so glad to be together, and we're having some great conversations today. And today's conversation, we're going to talk about hope. And um, I am feeling a little bit excited about the fact that we're going to talk about hope. Um, There's a lot of it needed. And I know that, Gail, you just taught on hope this past week in a spiritual formation class that you teach. And so you want to start us in, in terms of, sure. cue up the topic. I, I will uh, give a little background to why, um, actually, Joan and I, who partnered together to do a, um, a ministry called Sacred, which uh, puts on, creates spaces for people to have guided solitude, uh, we started noticing that so many prayer requests were coming in during those retreat days and during our class we have a prayer ministry and week after week we'd get these lists of just very heavy prayer requests and start noticing how um how little hope was was found in those prayers and uh, feeling the sense that this is something we needed to tend to, that we needed to bring out and remind uh, each other uh, that we do have a hope, a hope that we can be confident in, that we can stand in, that we can be secure in. And so that's really where this this whole idea of invitation to hope came from. And so... Um, for our class, we put together a little chart, and, and the invitation, I'm just going to read it to you uh, to just set us up, is um, the invitation to anchor my faith and life in the confident hope we have in the power, grace, and mercy of the resurrected Christ, who promises to always be with us in the midst of our transformation into his likeness. And... Um, that's just the base. That's that's the the richness of the soil that we um, can start building our lives in. And oftentimes, as believers, even we begin to forget that very thing. Um, and yet, God is so clear on this in the scriptures. Um, we all come to places where we have fears and uncertainties, and we feel like we're in the dark. Um, And we cry out. And if you read the Psalms, you notice that there are so many Psalms that really voice this this place of hopelessness or uh, fear. For example, um, in Psalm 119, it says, How long must I wait? Or Psalm 6-3, My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? So you kind of hear what all of us have felt right? When we begin to feel hopeless, and God knows that about us. So that's kind of the the place we began when we decided to talk about hope. Mm. And what are the, what are the ways in which we begin to see that we can choose hope? Well, that's a good question. Um, 
the way that that helped me was actually to work in it from backwards to the forwards. In other words, I started looking at hope and realizing that you can, we use hope, the word hope a lot. And I described it as hope is a verb and it's also a noun. And as a verb, we often use it in, I hope the bears win, or I hope I get that A in my class, or I, I hope my children don't get hurt. I mean, there's a million of, of statements that we use on a daily basis. And yet that hope is a verb is a, a little bit capricious in that oh, sometimes it might happen and other times it might not. And it's, you can never count on it necessarily working out, right? Uh, and and yet there's hope as a noun, which ha- is um, defines is defined as knowing or believing in something that you can count on. You can hope in something that is is con- that you can confidently count on, and um, and so that type of hope has more weight to it. Right. So there's a difference between circumstances, which may change at any moment. Mm-hmm. And and this kind of underlying, well, even if the circumstances change, what doesn't change? Right, right. But you have to determine where you're putting that hope oh, into. Yeah, yeah. So even though it's weightier, if you decide that you're going to put your hope in, uh, for example, your financial status and, uh, you know, how much money you have to keep you secure, well, that's all fine and good until your business goes belly up or a fire takes your factory buildings. Uh, it's And then what hope do you have? Or you can put your hope in your health. And that's great and work out and be in the best shape ever, eat the best food. And then lo and behold, genetics take over and Parkinson's shows up, right? Um, so you can put your hope in a lot of things that this in this world, people do put hope in. They put hope in people. They put hope in their spouses, their best friends, their children, their parents, and those are all good until right. It's it, there. There are places falls apart where we say, "Well, things will be okay when mm-hmm. things." And uh, you know, I was talking to to a, a young woman who was in college, and she said, "You know, well, uh, basically, she had described her college career as a quest to find a good Christian dude, a good Christian <laughs> man to marry, and when she found him, everything was going to be okay." And that that this time in college was all she had because mm-hmm. that was her best chance of finding right. the right Christian guy. And um, and it wasn't happening for her. She was in her senior in mid midway senior year. And it was like and she was getting really, really anxious. And and because what she had hoped for was not materializing. And it became clear through the midst of the conversation that it would be pretty scary to be the guy that she finds that she tags <laughs> as the one. Right. <laughs> right. That, 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 that then all of a sudden, all of her hope is transferred into this one person who then has the responsibility to make her happy. Mm. To be God. <laughs> to be God for her. And so there are all kinds of things that that we don't even know that that's what we're doing. We're putting our hope in something that may or may not pan out. And sometimes it takes years of retro, you know, you can see those things years down the line and you can look at what you did 
before easier than you can see it what you're doing right now i think the thing that's coming to mind gail as you were talking i think it was more when you're talking about hope as a verb is we confuse the words hope and expectations and we use we interchange them all the time we go into our marriages and relationships with expectations versus hopes and desires and the bible doesn't talk about expectations it talks about hope and it talks about who are, who are you going to hope in you know the funny thing about this conversation too is uh, as we talk about well yeah you know, if you put your hope in financials of course that's not going to work or health that's and and we as believers quickly go to of course that's not going to you know pan out and yet we who uh, love Jesus, we would tell everybody that our hope is in Jesus, right, in Christ and what he did for us on the cross and the power that he gave us um, through the Holy Spirit. And yet even we fall into the places of reverting back to putting our hope in things that do not have sustaining power. And you know, I, and I'm guilty of that myself, you know, where I just go, well, I think God may need a little help here, right? <laughs> and so I'm going to put my hope in, I, you know, I do know we need retirement funds, okay? So I'm going to really work hard to get those because I know, God, you might need these little things to draw on for us later. And you can quickly move into the places that I just mentioned that don't carry through um, because sometimes we want to help God out. We get impatient, and it's not always bad mo- mo- motives um, that pushes us to do that. Most of the time, it isn't. It's because we care about our children, okay? And so we want to do something for them, and it's not happening fast enough. Um, and so that that takes us back to a place of what are we putting our hope in, and how does Christ move in this world as we put our hope in him? As I've been doing a lot of work with the Ignatian exercises over the last number of years, and what comes to mind for me in that, Gail, is when um, he talks a lot about detachment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what you're referring to really really points to a lot of places where we have attachments or expectations, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. said, Joan, expectations or attachments in our life. And I feel like in the places that we find ourselves hopeless, probably somewhere underneath that is an attachment that you know, maybe if you kept going down to that deeper desire or longing, it does, you know, it probably did come from God some somewhere in time, but somewhere along the way it's gotten disordered. Um, and so I feel like when we get to a place of hopelessness, it's probably pointing to some kind of disordered attachment, um, yeah, that we're just not aware of. And it can be good things. Mm-hmm. It can be good things that we're hoping for, like you said, for especially we get especially caught up when it's our kids, I Mm -hmm. think you're right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or our families. And so it's not necessarily bad things. But yeah, I think hope also has a lot to do with remembering, Mm -hmm. you know, remembering who got it, who Mm -hmm. I always tell my kids, there's two things I want you to remember. (laughs) Who do you follow? And who are you? Who are you in Christ, essentially? And I think hoping has a lot to do with us spending some time. Okay, wait, I know this is hard right now, but I can remember who God was, you know, a year ago when this was going on, five years ago when this is going, you know, kind of like the Ebenezer Stones. Mm-hmm. And um, and I can remember who he, how he resides in me and who he has crafted in me. And so that is always helpful for, 
to me, and particularly even as I sit with people listening to people in these hard places that you're talking about, Gail, I, a question I will quite often ask is, can you remember a time when you had hope? Mm-hmm. Because in the middle of their current situation, they can't, but they might be able to recall, well, yeah, I, I do remember, you know, four years ago when I had hope and I will paint the picture of what, what did it look like? And that helps them in their current situation. Mm -hmm. Or even remembering where we were hopeless and then Mm -hmm. gained hope. Yeah. Right. Um, Take it back a step further. Yeah. To be able to remember the ways that God has been present through different trials in the past and how we thought life was, you know, just... We didn't know how it was going to turn out. We didn't know how we were going to move forward. The, the depths of the pain or the grief or the or the hardship or whatever that are very real because we don't want to make light of the kinds of difficulties we're talking about no. by any stretch of the imagination. But the the I think the problem is when we feel like we have like God has abandoned us because of the circumstances, as opposed to being able to to have help sometimes is what it takes to remember that God has not abandoned us and he is with us in the midst of the difficulties. He's not the wave of magic wand God that changes things to, to be the way we want them to be. He's the God that pray that, that tells us he will be with us always, Mm -hmm. even to the end of the age. And so do we believe that his presence is enough do we believe that his love is 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 true is um trustworthy is steadfast and in the midst of the kinds of troubles that all of us have faced at different points in time we wonder if he really is mm. and so the doubt that that is so true in the midst of the despair of the kinds of prayer requests that you've seen, the kinds of prayer requests that we have actually put in to those, <laughs> to those prayer teams at different points in time. Personally, you wonder if there's hope mm-hmm. and um, those are the places that, the, that once we have experienced those kinds of depths, Hopefully we can look at other people's difficulties and pain and struggle in a way that, that helps us enter in with so much compassion and grace that's just different. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a metaphor that comes to mind in out of Scripture about hope being an anchor, I think it was even in the Scripture you talked about, Gail, um, Gail, tell that story you told the other day about an anchor. Um, that I think just plays right into what you said, Sharon, is uh, in Hebrews six nineteen. Um, it talks about hope um, being our anchor, the anchor of our soul. Anchor of our soul, yeah. And it anchors us to Jesus who has gone through the curtain and in in essence is interceding on our behalf as our high priest right he is he is broken through and we are anchored to him and i was having a conversation with a spiritual directee and uh, we were talking about this verse about having our hope anchored in christ and she said you know i live 
right on the coast of Lake Michigan, and we have a boat, and every chance we get, we're out in our boat, and we love it. And she said, but if you know anything about Lake Michigan, that you can be out there a beautiful sunny day and calm waters and almost instantaneously can turn around and a storm can come up that quickly that you can't get in. And she said, I every time that has happened, I find great consolation in knowing that our anchor is really good and that we are anchored, you know, we're anchored off from the shore to swim or do whatever, but we are anchored. And I trust that anchor to hold our boat, and I know that we'll be okay. And um, I said, yeah, that is such a beautiful picture of what Christ is doing. And she she made this offhanded comment. This is, you know, I don't, I can't see the anchor, but I know it's there because I can, I can sense it's there. And I just had this image in my mind. I thought to myself, wow, yeah, you sure, sure don't want to see that anchor floating alongside your boat with you in the middle of the (laughs) storm, do you? You want to know that it is not visible, that it's anchoring you to the foundation, to the bottom. And I said, you know, Maybe we ought to think about that more often when we're in the middle of our struggles and despairing and we say, God, where are you? Jesus, I need you. Where are you? Maybe we should just remember that he may not be visible to us, but he is anchoring our souls right where they need to be anchored and holding us in the midst of the storm. And we sense it and we can count on it. So it's such a a beautiful picture of what we're being called to remember. Um, And just I'll throw this out too. Um, Something that as I prepared to teach on this that came to my, my attention over and over and over again is that the scriptures have promises within them that we are called to remember all the time. And remembering is a big part of, of this hope journey is remembering, being able to, um, I kind of put it in a phrase, being able to ponder, to pray, to practice and to remember the promises of God as you go through those places in life. Because you're right, Sharon, he told us that we would have trials and tribulations in this world, that those aren't going away, but that we could be at peace because he would be with us in the midst of them. And so if whether you're a person who's in a a place of hopelessness or whether you're holding others in your life that are feeling hopeless, or you're in a hope-filled life, place in life. We, you're in one of those three categories. Um, you, can, you can specifically know you can spend time and ponder the scriptures, the promises, sit with them, and let them wash over you. I kind of say, like, wash over you like a shower. It's going to get you wet <laughs> if you just let it wash yeah. over you. And, um, you know, be able to pray, pray through them. And if you can't, you ask somebody else to pray over you and to pray for you. Um, and then find those spiritual practices that will help you create spaces to remember how you're anchored. And then the final one is remembering, you know, whether it's through scripture or through your own life, like you were just saying, you can look back and see where God's met you. And I think sometimes it's it's having a community around you. We've used the phrase a ton and listen to my life of 
having people to hold hope for you. Yes. Like I think about that a lot when we do the the valleys map, right? The other two people listening to you as you are sharing and exploring this valley in your life that they're not only listening for you, they're holding hope for you when maybe it's a situation you you don't even have any hope. I, I love that image of just thinking about the honor and privilege of holding hope for someone else. Yeah. And so even if you can't sense God's presence mm-hmm. with you right now, right. I'm I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is with you. He is in you. He's closer than the air you breathe. And um, that somehow gets transmitted in just how we uh, are with someone else. The way of our being with them um, becomes a critical part of being able to do that, to enter into someone else's pain mm-hmm. and grief mm-hmm. in a way that that actually we become a representation of Christ in that exactly. moment to them. We forget that 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 we are an incarnation of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of of that his spirit is in us and our presence is actually part of the picture here. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just that the Holy Spirit is present separate than us, that it, it actually in us and intending to minister through us to the people mm-hmm. around us mm-hmm. and believing that it's it just it's not just me that 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 has the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in me. It's this other person too, but they can't sense it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I think one thing that comes to mind while you guys are sharing that is that um, I think the invitations go together, I think, for a reason, because one of the things I think as you share all of that, I think, you know, how important grief grieving is. Um, So I think about the invitation to weep. And I think the one tricky thing I think in our in our upbringing might have given us the impression that if we're sad or grieving, that we must not have hope, you know, so I think there's something about having the combination of knowing that people do have to grieve mm-hmm. in the midst of, um, you know, what they're feeling. And some of it's really, uh, I'm starting to kind of, I think, understand through some of the Ignatian exercises stuff, too, is really recognizing having a different sort of view on suffering and recognizing that this is a part of the journey. This is, I just think about being in that class with, with uh, you guys when you were first starting to teach it. And one of the biggest things I was really discovering is that, um, you know, that you can hold pain and joy together. Mm -hmm. It was just not in my experience, really. And so starting to really enter into recognizing disappointment and pain um, and, and seeing that that's a part of that journey, you can't really have hope, like real hope, by pushing away um, the pain and ignoring that part. So I think there's a combination of holding those things in tension together. Mm-hmm. So when we're with somebody and, rec- you know, rather than uh, I think holding hope is not necessarily sharing n- always what you know about hope. No, <laughs> like, right. But, you know, as you, you know, you know how to hold that space for someone. Part of it is really, um, you know, holding those things in tension. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. what th- there are some, some, uh, Christian circles that that have this phrase "victory smile," 
Mm. You know, and and this idea that no matter how tough it is, I'm going to put on my victory smile. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know that, and you know, Christ has already won the battle. All this kind of stuff. But it, there's this there's this denial of of the pain and the suffering, and mm-hmm. and there's consequences to not dealing with those things. But this idea, this victory smile, almost um, it it over spiritualizes right. this idea of hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or um, find a way to be, be content in all circumstances. Yeah, I, I, I was I was pretty good at that for a while, but realizing that there, you know, I mean, I didn't realize that was because I was avoiding letting things actually touch me. Um, yeah, so if you're getting there, you know, the wrong way, you might look like you have mm-hmm. hope. Yeah, um, I've, I've listened to some people that were that were pretty much in different circles, shamed for not putting on their victory smile. Mm-hmm. And when you think about just such a disservice to um, to a person's soul, mm-hmm. like saying, you're not spiritual enough if you can't find hope right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a just, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. gut-wrenching twist on on this invitation to have hope. But yet realizing that all of us lose the handle on that from time to time. And we all need hope, help finding it once again Mm -hmm. from time to time. That's normal part of the journey. Mm -hmm. And I think that I really I I think that the scriptures are full, full from beginning to end of stories of of what it looks like uh, to lose hope to find hope, to lean into others for hope, um, to recover, to weep, to grieve, sometimes for decades before you're able to come back out of uh, that place of desolation. But it always brings you back, the stories, whether it's the Old Testament or New Testament. You pick any character and you watch in their life how they go through those seasons of trials and tribulations and a sense of where are you, God, in all of this to a a place of then recognizing as they continue down that journey that indeed God has been in the middle of that and not only been in the middle of it, but he's been shaping and forming you into his likeness, which is a man of sorrows, <laughs> a man who can hold grief, a man who was able to extend compassion to the hurting and um, live with them and hold space for them and mm-hmm. what he calls us to do. Um, so it's, it's again, I can go back to what you said, Joan, that it is a journey. Hope is also a journey of remembering, continually remembering Um how God has moved throughout history with people and throughout our lives to um, to keep us anchored in hope. Yeah. There's a great scripture, which you guys are all familiar with. It's Lamentations 3. I like kind of like 19 to 24, 25. And like the first part is God just saying like, you know, he's he's going on about all the horrible things that are going on in his life. But then there's this verse that I think it's like 20 and it says, but I still dare to hope. It's like mm-hmm. God understands the hard part of it. But he says, but I still dare to hope because I remember, I remember God has been faithful and he's shown me mercy. Mm-hmm. And it goes on and on and on. But I love that it links together the two things Lori just talked about, you know, the mm-hmm. joy and 
the sorrow and, and the hope is kind of the, the glue, the, the dovetail between the two. And the reason we can enter into the grieving and the sorrow is because we have hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people f- will, will resist because it's like, it, you know, I don't know how many times I've heard something in the neighborhood of, if I cry the first tear, I don't know if I'll ever stop. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, how many versions of that phrase have we heard as we listen to people's stories? And this, I, and, but, but the cost of not grieving is, so incredibly high because I think unshed tears turn to bitterness pretty fast. And hope is related to our ability to grieve in a direct proportion, I think. Believing that in our tears we can, we can, we can somehow feel ourselves being held by God. Do we end there? Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think that's a good place. I think that's a good place to end. Oh, mm. goodness. Well, just so grateful all of you listened in today. Um, I just want to thank my friend Lori Schultz and Joan Kelly and Gail Donahue for joining us today. And um, man, I just love these conversations. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We're at the end of a day of doing several several podcast episodes here and what a beautiful rich day it's been so thank you my friends and to all of you listening i hope that uh that these conversations have touched your soul in some way and that your hope can be restored um or found anew or find yourself in a place of being able to hold hope for someone else today that needs it many blessings everyone Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes? If you've wondered any of these things before, you're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com.